In Missouri, I saw a thousand people come to witness a living man's funeral. Frontier Gentlemen. an Englishman's account of life and death in the West. As a reporter for the London Times, he writes his colorful and unusual stories. But as a man with a gun, he lives and becomes a part of the violent years in the new territories. Now, starring John Daner, this is the story of J.B. Kendall, Frontier Gentleman. Prior to the war between the states, Cole Williams and his band of Missouri Irregulars terrorized Kansas. He was reported to have been mortally wounded in his last monstrous raid, but his body was never found. So when I heard that a man said to be Cole Williams was dying in the river town of Batesville, Missouri, I traveled 300 miles in four days on the chance that I might get to talk to him. I found the man under personal guard of the sheriff in a room at the hotel. No, mister, I'm not letting anybody in that room that don't belong here. But, Sheriff, I'm a newspaper correspondent. It don't make no difference to me. My name is Kendall. I write for the London Times. It still don't cut anything with me. I ain't wearing him out on no newspaper man. Then will you answer a few questions? You ask them, we'll see. Is the man really Cole Williams? Don't know yet. We all know this all around here is Bill Adams. We're waiting for someone who knew Williams to make sure. You say you've known him as Bill Adams. Does that mean that he's been living in Batesville? Uh, Twelve miles east of here. He's been working him some ground out there, enough to keep himself fed. I see. Comes to town about twice a year. Hard for him, you know. How's that? He's crippled. Oh? Mm. Got a bad hip. Had it ever since he first come here. Barely get on a horse. How'd that happen? Never said. Always kept himself. I should think of sheriff. No, no, you're wrong there. Next question. How old a man is he? Mm, Doc and I figure about uh, 38, maybe 40. He won't tell us nothing. Well, this rumor that he is Cole Williams, just how did that start? Somebody left him outside my office four nights ago. Hey, what? That's right. He was real sick, and they just rode off and left him there. He'd stuck a note in his pocket saying he's Cole Williams. We don't know any more than that. Well, do you have any idea who brought him? We suspect a writer who's been seen going to Adams' place every now and again. Man probably come calling and found Adams where he is. Hmm. Is it true this man is dying? That's what the doc says. It's the rots. Rots? Swelling on the side of his chest, sore looking. Oh, what does the doctor say it is? The rots. You don't know any more about it than I do. Sheriff, may I... Would you let me in to ask him a few questions? No, I won't. But why? You through with me now? Well, he's able to talk, isn't he? Sometimes. It ain't that. Well, then may I just look at him? Did you know Williams? No. Then you ain't going in. I figured to keep him alive. Only persons to get in there is going to be them who knew Williams. I got important people coming. Official people. If he really is Cole Williams, there will be a lot of questions they'll want answered. Army men, I presume? Them and others. Officials from certain towns in Kansas? Them in particular. Yes, sir. I figure a lot of people from over there are going to want to know 
why he done them things. Why he and his men tore up their towns. Do you think he'll tell? Don't know. But he's dying. Maybe that'll make a difference. No, sir, Mr. Kendall. I'm going to keep him alive to find out. Now, you get on downstairs with the rest of the boys. coming from as far away as Dodge City in response to the rumor of Williams. I felt myself fortunate in securing the last available room at the hotel. My window looked out onto the street and I saw a group of army officers ride up, dismount, and go into the hotel. The first of the sheriff's important men had arrived. Knowing that if the man turned out to be Williams, my story would be of the greatest interest to American papers beside my readers in England, I decided to find a man to take my copy to Kansas City, the nearest wire terminus. In the saloon, I found a grinning little man with two of the requirements I needed, one of them being that he was drinking pure water. He followed me to my room to talk over my offer of a job. My name is Kendall. What's yours? Bandy is all I ever heard. <laughs> what kind of job you got for me? Mr. Bandy... I presume you're aware that a man said to be Cole Williams is dying in this hotel? I heard it on the trail. Thought I'd come on over and maybe get to see him. I don't really want no job licked over. Uh, sit down, Mr. Bandy. Oh, ah, chairs is for dudes, Professor. I'll just hunker down here on the floor if it's all the same to you. Now, I want you to... Um, I presume you ride, Mr. Bandy. Oh, horses, give me them legs, Major. Well, is it worth $25 to you to ride to Kansas City? I'd ride from here to California for that, but... I ain't going till this Williams thing is over. Why, he was just about the biggest killer Missouri ever had. If I'm here when he dies, <laughs> I'll have something to talk about on the trail for a long time. Oh, sir, you uh, you better get yourself another man. Well, I write for a paper, Mr. Bandy, and I want you to take my dispatch to Kansas City when Williams dies. Yeah, then we got another problem. It depends on how soon it happens. Why? Well, if he hangs on in the next week, we're smack into my drinking month. So. Well, I don't quite understand, but... My old mother taught me. She said, son, if you lay off drinking every other month, the old scamper juice will never get you. And she was right. Oh, I see. Well, then we've got... Six days, 19 hours, Major. After that, I won't know a horse from a hyena until the month's out. Yes. Well, there are other things you can do for me in the meantime, Mr. Bandy. And you will be one of the most important men in this whole affair. The little man's eyes lit up as I outlined his duties. 
appeal was to circulate among the crowd and bring people to my room who might have knowledge of Cole Williams. He agreed and left happily. I went back up to the dying man's room where I tried once again to gain entry but was stopped by the inevitable sheriff. The army men came out shortly and I asked them if they had been able to identify him. But they refused to talk to me other than saying he would not admit to being Cole Williams nor, of course, to any of the crimes attributed to Williams. I went back down to the lobby just as Bandy was starting up to find me. Hey, Fisher. Uh, I got something for you. Oh, yes, Bandy, what is it? You see that prairie hen sitting over there? Oh, well, this crowd, Bandy, I... No. Well, you ain't looking where I'm pointing. Over there, see? Oh, yes, yes, what about her? Talk to her. I heard her telling the sheriff men she'd know Williams, but they was too busy to pay any attention to her. Good work, Bandy. I'll talk to you later. Uh... Pardon me. May I make it through here, please? Thank you. Uh, madam, I wonder if I could talk to you a moment. No, please. Leave me alone. Well, I'm a newspaper correspondent. Uh, I understand you'd be able to identify Cole Williams. Why, yes. Yes, I can. Those men wouldn't let me go up. Can you get me into the room? Possibly. Well, how is it that you would recognize Williams? He killed my husband. I'll know if it's him. She was pretty in her middle thirties and dressed all in black. I persuaded the sheriff's deputies to allow her to go to the dying man's room. The sheriff himself took her in while I waited in the corridor. When they returned, she was sobbing quietly and he signaled me to take her downstairs. Instead, I offered to let her use my room to compose herself, and she accepted gratefully. Uh, sit here. Thank you. You're very kind. Twelve years I've waited to see Cole Williams dead. Twelve years. I was just sure this would be him. Are you certain it's not? This man's old, wrinkled. It's terrible to wish to see a man die, but... I... I can't help wishing it were him. Would you... Could you tell me about it? I suppose a woman like me has no shame left. Traveling all this way. Hoping to see a man die. You're from Madison City, aren't you? Yes. Yes, I am. How did you know? The things that happened there... I would say it was no lack of shame that drove you here. It's horrible. Two hundred of them. Beautiful morning. And 200 murderers rode into our town. And he was the head of them, yelling at them, cursing them if they didn't kill fast enough for him. He rode up to our house. Our house. And he had a smile on his face. While my husband went for his rifle, I ran out. And for a second I had hope because the man... He had a smile on his face. And he was, he was wearing a flower in his hat. And I saw him stop and look at my garden. And he told his men not to ride across it. And I had hope. And he looked behind me. And his face changed. There was a shout. I screamed and turned and saw my husband. My lovely young husband with blood running out of his mouth. 
died while I shouted at the man. The man who wouldn't step on my flower. She was silent then for a long time. And in the darkening shadows, I walked to the window and stared out onto the street. I don't know how long I stood there, but it must have been some minutes, because when I turned, the woman had gone, and Bandy was rushing into my room. Hey, Professor, you better get upstairs right away. The man's just been identified. It's Cole Williams, all right. It's him. behind the wheel. That's all it takes to convince you that the 59 Plymouths really got it. Got the newest of new design, new sport car handling ease, new fury performance, new get up and go. Just tell your Plymouth dealer you want to sample the go. Then you turn the key and Plymouth's new Golden Commando V8 leaps into life. Now you just push a button and go on your way to the most fun-filled 15 minutes of your driving life. See your Plymouth dealer. Take your fun drive in the 59 Plymouth real soon. You really go, don't go for a and Plymouth will really go for you. For the first time since I'd arrived in Batesville, the crowd downstairs was silent. I knew that they were waiting for more news of Williams. I was on my way up the stairs when once again the sheriff stopped me. I can let you in a little later, Kendall. He won't talk to none of the people I've sent in there anyway. Then it is Williams? Oh, it's him, all right. His mother's in there now. Williams' mother? You remember the man I said we suspected of leaving Williams outside my office? Yes. He brung her. His name's Shad Barlow. Went to visit Williams, seen how sick he was, left him at my place and headed out for the old lady. Says he used to ride with Cole. They asked me to leave for a while. The old lady's crying gobs all over him. Where can I get a drink? Downstairs, Barlow. Uh, Mr. Barlow, I'd like to buy you a drink. I'd rather go someplace by myself, mister. Well, how about my room, then? I have a bottle of good rye there. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that'd be better than that saloon. All them vultures down there waiting for Cole to die so they can have a celebration. Chad Barlow was a tall man with arms that were too long. He seemed to welcome the grayness of my room so I didn't bother to light a lamp. As I poured him a glass of rye, he seated himself awkwardly in a straight-backed chair by the window and for a long time watched the street below. I told him my name, that I was a newspaper correspondent, and that I would welcome anything he would be willing to tell me about Cole Williams. He didn't seem to hear me, and the crowd below in the saloon began their celebration. Suddenly he got up, walked to the dresser, and poured another glass of rye. Kids out of school declare a holiday. Cole Williams is dying in our town. I should never have brought him in. I thought they'd help him. Will you tell me about him, Barlow? Why? Why should I? You're his friend. I'm a newspaper correspondent. Mm -hmm. It's been so long now, I guess it don't make no difference. You got to remember one thing, though. What'd you say your name was? Kendall. You got to remember one thing, Kendall. Yes? There was a war going on. I don't mean the big thing. I mean a long time before that, there was a war out here. Why, well, clear back into the 50s, there was raids, 
Kansans into Missouri, Missourians into Kansas, back and forth. What Cole done was to organize his sons. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Dead men fighting through their sons. <laughs> I, I was just thinking. There ain't never been a better-looking Johnny Reb sat a horse and Cole. Nothing like what's upstairs. You'd never know that was him. Why, I've seen Cole charging down a hill, a hooting and a hollering, and telling us not to worry that nobody could touch us. <laughs> oh, Cole, you know, he was a funny one. Always wore a flower stuck in his hat brim when we went on them raids. Said it brought him good luck. Why, the, the day we took Madison City, we all stood on that hill for ten minutes waiting for him to find a posy. Maybe it was good luck. I don't know. Told me one time he wore it on account of his brother. His brother? Sure. He had a younger brother loved flowers. Growed a little patch of them on the side of the Williams house. Then one day the red legs came. The, the Kansans. They come riding in this day and tromped all over the kids' flowers. Mean like. Just looking to jayhawk somebody. Cole's brother ran out to tell him to get. And they shot him down. Cole, what, 26? 25 or 26. He was away, and when he come back, well, it sure made him mad, real mad, for a long time. But I guess he's got over that by now. Has he? I'm just wishing now I hadn't come to see Cole. He just died out there at his place all by himself. Why? He was your friend. Oh, and people downstairs. Most of them are glad he's dying. They just come to make sure. Yeah. I'd, I'd kind of put them years away. Like a saddle you don't use anymore. If you go and get it out, you find the tree all shot and full of worm holes. When he dies, what'll they do with him? I mean, it, it won't be a law planting, will it? I don't know. Sure wish I could take him. You? Sure. I'd take him, I'd give him a laugh. He used to always say... Boys, if it happens to me in this next fight, do me a favor and throw me in a hole in Kansas. That'll teach him. <laughs> then he'd laugh and we'd go on in it. I don't suppose they'll let me have him, will they? I doubt it. Maybe I'm just drunk, Kendall. Your bottle's nearly dry. Can I buy you one? No. No, thank you. Funny. Funny how wrong a man can be, I... I thought I'd be getting cold something decent, not not this. He don't need me no more. I'm getting out of this town. Just remember one thing, Candle. There's two sides to everything. Don't let these coyotes kill us, some people. No, I won't. I watched from the window as Shad Barlow slowly rode out of Batesville. At the end of the main street, I thought he turned and looked back, but it was too dark to be sure. Concerning the actual death of Cole Williams, I can say this. There was much speculation in the saloons and streets as to whether he would admit to his crimes. I was there when he died. And for the second time since I'd come to Batesville, the town was silent. The room was crowded with men waiting for an admission of guilt or at least some sign of remorse. His mother was there, a tall, spare woman. Ma. Ma, are you still there? I'm here, Cole. Don't try to talk no more. Just lie quiet. Uh, how's brother? Is he gonna live? Cole never done a thing. 
all these people standing around. He was the best boy a mother could have. Don't cry, Mo. Brother be all right. Red legs didn't give him no chance. But don't cry. I'll fix him. I pro- promise I'll fix him. He's gone. Let him know in the street. The tired woman walked out of the room while someone signaled to the street that Cole Williams was dead. Getting away from it all is a big part of everybody's dream. Still, nobody wants to come back from a weekend like Rip Van Winkle so completely at sea about what went on during his absence that he couldn't find a place for himself in his old hometown. Fortunately, you don't have to come back from Rip Van Winkle, no matter how far you go from civilization over Saturday and Sunday. Take a radio with you, and wherever you are, whatever you're doing, CBS Radio will tune you in on the world you've left behind. With your dial set for your local affiliated CBS Radio station, the CBS News Department brings you fast, efficient, comprehensive reports at regular intervals all week long. CBS newsmen all over the nation and the world are trained and seasoned at sifting the trivial from the important. Make CBS Radio your window in the world while you're on your weekend jaunts, and you won't have to pay any penalty on your return for getting away from it all for a while. Frontier Gentlemen was produced and directed by Anthony Ellis. Tonight's script was written by Tom Henley and stars John Daner as J.B. Kendall. Featured in the cast were Harry Bartell, Richard Perkins, Joseph Kearns, Virginia Gregg, Helen Klebe, and Jack Moyle. Join us again next week for another report from the Frontier Gentleman, Bud Sewell speaking. Drive with care. Nobody has a life to spare. This is the CBS Radio Network.